Well, guys, it's my privilege this morning. John Riley is a former Grand Rapids police officer. He retired and then he refired. Um, he started a company called Gentle Response, and he can kind of explain a little bit about what that is. But uh, please welcome him as he brings the message this morning. Come on, John. Good morning, everybody. So the question I start off with this morning is, how do you know that you're walking in the direction God wants you to? What does that look like? What does it look like when you're walking in favor? How do you know you're actually walking and going in the direction God wants you to? Now, for each of us, walking in favor will probably mean a little something different. For some of us, it will probably be a whole lot of financial blessing and favor. And maybe for uh, some of us, it's just getting out this morning without any pain, getting out of bed. Um, then there's others who will find that uh, just finding that one available parking spot in a crowded parking lot is walking in favor. I've always believed that the most effective way we can witness and minister to other people is to tell our own story. And so this morning, I'm going to share a little bit about the journey I've been on in the last few years. Um, not so much to brag about myself, but man, to strongly emphasize that God has a plan for each and one of every, every one of us. And if you just let go and let God and be looking for his guidance and continuously uh, be asking for his guidance and look for it in oftentimes small ways, you will find that he will just shower you with so much favor, blessing, and abundance that you could not think possible. And didn't God promise in Exodus 34.10 that, Behold, I'm going to make a covenant. Before all your people I will perform miracles which have not been produced in all the earth nor among any of the nations. And all the people among who you live will see the working of the Lord, for it is a fearful thing that I'm going to do with you. And then he also say in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And we can all probably all recite that, but what does that really look like? What does that look like? How do you know you're walking in favor in the direction God wants you to be? You know, there's always going to be haters, right? People who feel it's their duty to tear you down. The devil's in there whispering in your ear. Also, you're not smart enough. You don't have the education. You don't have enough money. You don't know the right people. You have too much baggage in your background. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too bald. We tend to disqualify ourselves, underqualify ourselves. As Ricky said this morning at the leaders meeting, even before we even try, we've disqualified ourselves or underqualified ourselves. But you know, God isn't limited by that at all. <clears throat> all I ever wanted to do when I was a little kid was to be a pilot, a military pilot specifically. I went and got my pilot's license when I was in high school. I wanted to be Top Gun even before that movie came out. Everything I did as a young man going through school and all that was focused on that one single goal was to be a military pilot. But then I grew up in time ha and, and life happened. My eyesight got bad. I didn't have the grades to be a military pilot. I joined the Army, and instead of doing anything that was uh, aviation-related where I could have at least been a, a crew member, I, I was an infantry grunt for about seven years, went through Desert Storm. I got out of the Army, and again, instead of going through flight school and becoming a com commercial pilot, I became a cop. But this is uh, one of the first times I really began to feel God moving in my life. In January of 96, I knew I was going to get out of the Army in June, six months later. I, uh, I decided at that time, because it was never even on my radar screen to be a police officer, I decided at that time I was going to give that a shot. So between January and June of 96, I applied to two departments, City of Grand Rapids and St. Louis County, Missouri. 
I noticed early on that every time I needed time off to go through the hiring process here in Grand Rapids, everything fell in place. I drove from Fort Hood, Texas to Grand Rapids, Michigan several times, I think seven times. I, I invested time, money, and effort to get this job. But every time I needed time off from the Army to uh, go up to St. Louis, Missouri, there were more hoops for me to jump through. Oh, I got the time off, but I noticed there were more hoops for me to jump through. Getting the okay from the first sergeant, getting okay from the company commander, and on, and on down the line, or on up the, the chain of command. And so I noticed early on that I seemed and felt that I was being led to Grand Rapids. Well, I got an offer of uh, employment from the city of, uh, from St. Louis first, and I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to hold off. And it was a scary week, but the city of Grand Rapids did offer me a job, and here I am 20-some years later. But that was one of the earliest times in my life that I recognized and saw a movement and a direction in my life. In 2012, as my career was winding down, I thought about do, what I was going to do. And I decided, doggone it, that it was time for me to do what I only ever wanted to do, was just be a pilot, have a job as a pilot. What I felt that I had a gift for and such a strong desire for, so I began to spend time, money, and effort to become a charter pilot. I'd already had my pilot's license in high school, so I began to upgrade my ratings, got my instrument rating, started working on my commercial rating, multi-engine rating, all that, and Muskegon Airport. So between 2012 and when I retired in 2015, that's, that's all I was focusing on. When I retired from the Grand Rapids Police Department in 2015, I was well on my way to be a charter pilot at Executive Air at Muskegon Airport. I actually basically had a job waiting for me. I was going to finally do what I had only ever wanted to do since I was a little boy. And then in February 2016, <clears throat> the security team here at REST casually asked me, John, will you put together a de-escalation class for us? I said, sure, yeah. As I was putting it together, it hit me like a ton of bricks that what I had to share and teach other people about dealing with difficult persons and difficult situations, all that would be beneficial to other security uh, organizations and security teams at other churches. Because this is where you have a lot of people raise their hands, good people, volunteer to be security, but have no clue as to what they could be getting into, no background training or experience in dealing with, with, with someone who's in a crisis mental state. For example, a lot of people think, well, I'm in security, we're just going to lock doors and turn off the lights. What are you going to do with the custody issue going on because of a bad divorce? You see what I'm saying? So I began to realize, wow, maybe I got something here. And I suddenly felt this incredible burning, urgent desire to actually start a consulting business. Folks, I'm not a businessman. I have no training, background, exposure, experience, nothing related that has anything to do with business. I can barely spell the word business. And yet I just felt this incredible urge to go down this road. I had to learn new terms, return on investment, <laughs> accounts receivable. Let me tell you about the first time I learned about accounts receivable. My team and I spent several hours with the corporate security guys at the Van Andel Institute Medical Research Facility downtown. Now, up until then, I always received a check at the end of training. So we're, you know, at the end of training, we're, we're laughing, we're joking, we're being complimented, high fives all around, we're being thanked, they escort me and my team out the door, I turn around to get my check, and the door closes. And I, ugh, it worked out, but I suddenly realized, you know, in, in the corporate world and all that, you, you do your thing, and oftentimes you get a check a week or so later. I had to learn to uh, be very patient with that. So how do you know you're walking the direction God wants you to? I was torn. 
I spent two, three years spending time, money, and effort to be a charter pilot. Had a job basically waiting for me. But now I had this fire in me to go down a whole different road and teach conflict de-escalation. And yet, as mentally torn as I was, I also felt an incredible deep down sense of peace that made no sense. I felt an inner spiritual peace. My head was rationalizing and in some cases stressed out because of the time, money, effort I'd already put into it, but I honestly felt a sense of peace. I honestly felt that this was the direction I had to be going. But I told myself, I want to be a charter pilot. I want to be a charter pilot. I have waited my entire flipping life to be a pilot, to have a career as a pilot. I was ready to be a charter pilot. I was 50 years old at the time. What is this about starting a, job, a business from scratch with no background, training experience, no mentors per se at the time, just zero, nothing? Starting from scratch, literally from my scratching out a basic mission statement, intent, concept of operations, disposition, disposition of assets. But you know it's never too late to do anything. And, God, and for God, it's never too late to be doing anything. And wasn't Moses in his 80s when he first approached Pharaoh? But that was then. He's talked about the people in our lifetime that have started something later in life. Martha Stewart, model in her late 40s when she started uh, her successful lifestyle business. Now she's considered a mogul. A felon, but a mogul. Um, and as a matter of fact, my wife, when I was... Ta- I was my wife saw that I was using her as an example, and she said, you know, but she's a felon, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I know, but the point is she started something in life, and what she did and the choices she made later, that's definitely on her. But the point is, late in life, she created this empire. Vera Wang was a journalist, and at age 39, she started designing wedding gowns, gowns and now her name is synonymous with the ultimate in bridal fashion. Ray Kroc, 51 years old, milkshake machine salesman when he talked to some brothers, the McDonald brothers, about going big with their hamburger stands, McDonald's. Harlan Sanders was in his 50s when his fried chicken recipe took off, and he took on the honorary title of Colonel, Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Charles Flint was 61 when he created IBM. Bernie Marcus started Home Depot, age 51. I could go on and on and on. Every one of these people had already had a God-given gift. They already had a God-given gift. And just that one day, they finally woke up to a God-given direction and made something happen. I think feeling deep down inside an almost unexplainable sense of peace is probably a good clue that you're heading the direction you're supposed to be. Not where you want to be, but where you're supposed to be. A peace that surpasses all understanding would just envelop you. Last fall, I was contacted by a small radio station in Grand Rapids about running ads for me. They had done some research, looked up some veteran-owned businesses, and wanted to run some ads for, ads for me. And I thought, wow, how cool. The radio station was reaching out to me. Exposure, right, to all sorts of people and all that. What an opportunity. But that deal fell through. The memo from the marketing department got lost. The radio never mentioned me. And fortunately, no money exchanged hands. But I started thinking, wow, radio. So I reached out to WCSG, right? Everyone's heard about them. Big radio, uh, uh, Christian radio station here in the West Michigan area. I met with their representative right here at the Olive Tree. We sat down, worked out a deal, worked out a budget, chance to get my name out there, right? I did not feel peace. I honestly did not feel at peace with this. 
and it was driving me nuts. What is there not to have peace about with this deal? New growing business, opportunity to have your name mentioned to thousands of people in all of West Michigan. I did not have peace with that. I canceled after they aired two or three spots for me, basically after one month. To this day, I haven't had to spend anything on marketing. It's just blowing up, but that's God, because I sure as heck don't know what I'm doing. I do not know what I'm doing. I am just along for the ride. But I did not feel any deep, warm, fuzzy sense of peace with that deal. And yet, rationally, you can see where in my head, a part of me was like arguing, John, are you kidding me? Radio. This, is the, this could be the beginning of something huge, you know, marketing, blah, blah, blah. I did not feel peace, so I let it go. I began to take those initial steps down this path that I now strongly believe that God was leading me in. But of course, I also began to hear about the naysayers and the haters and the doubters, and you know it stung. I heard that people that I used to work with were mocking me, making fun of me, teasing me, questioning my qualifications. And it stung because we all want to be accepted by our peers, right? I mean, it's just a natural human thing. We want to get a pat on the back, a smile, a, an attaboy, especially from people that we think we know. And of course, I was dealing with my own self-doubt, uh, especially as a businessman. I'm wondering if I'm qualified. Am I a good speaker? Do I engage with people? Do people listen to me when I'm talking? But I knew and I could see these opportunities were just absolutely falling before me. Everything was falling in place. All I had to do was make a phone call or send an email. And yes, there was a few things that didn't come through, but more often than not, things were coming through for me. I soon realized that, yeah, I could continue to spend time, money, and effort and be a charter pilot, but compared to everything else falling in place for me with this conflict de-escalation training program I was in, uh, putting together, that stuff was a chore. It was, it, was, it was hoops I had to jump through, and I very, again, quickly realized I was being led away from that and pointing in a whole different direction. I think another huge clue that you're heading in the right direction is that everything seems to fall in place. Everything seems to fall in place. When you can just sit in your robe and underwear with a cup of coffee, just sending emails and making phone calls. I'm sorry, was that too much information? <laughs> um, but you know you've made it, or at least are on that way. But you know you still have to do your part. God will absolutely throw opportunities before you over and over again, but it's still going to be up to you to do something about it. Because you can make excuses and not make the phone call and not send the email. Or you can be like that lady who fought through a crowd of people to simply touch Christ's robe because she thought it would work, it would believe. She simply believed. Or you can be like those guys who climbed up to the roof and tore open a hole and lowered their friend down to Christ. Adapt, improvise, overcome. That's what they did. Cool. Adapt, improvise, overcome. And they did all that for their friend because they simply believed it would work. You have to reach out in faith. So don't listen to the naysayers and haters and distractors. Don't give in to the doubts and negative whispering uh, of the devil in your ear. I, I still go through it, but I'm getting better and better at ignoring it. God knows that there are things coming your way that you may not have enough faith in yourself to deal with. I got this from Joel Osteen. 
God knows that there are things coming your way that you may not have enough faith in yourself to deal with, just like me looking at myself as a businessman. But I stand here this morning to encourage you to just let go and let God. Just believe. Just have faith. Have faith in who you are. And have faith, and that faith will come when you really and truly understand that you're an extraordinary, unique child of God. Like in Psalms 139.4, you need to declare that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. David, referred to as a man after my own heart by God himself in Acts 13.22, also had his haters and naysayers and doubters. His own father didn't bother bringing him in from the field when just, his own father Jesse the Bethlehemite did not bring him in when the uh, prophet Samuel came to anoint the new king of Israel, right? 1 Samuel 16. But David ignored the haters and doubters and naysayers and continued to praise and worship God to do what he knew was the right thing to do, and he ultimately was richly rewarded for it. Noah also had uh, haters and naysayers and doubters, and then it began the rain. He also had his initial doubts about himself, but he also knew that at some point he was going to have to do what he, he clearly knew was the right thing to do and listen to the word of God. Moses also doubted his ability to be a speaker, didn't he? Exodus 4.10, Moses said to God, O Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been, and I am not now, even though you've spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Noah, excuse me, Moses had his haters and doubters. Jesus had his haters and doubters and naysayers. Oh, he's just a carpenter. Have faith in who you are and in what God is trying to do with your life and in your life. And if you're unsure of what God is planning for you, then ask him. Just simply ask him and be open for that answer. Be, be looking for it. Several times in, uh, what do I have here? Several times even David asked uh, for God's guidance. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Seek God's guidance. Several times, First and Second Samuel, David asked God for guidance. Back in February, Pastor Randy Don, my brother-in-law. Did you make it here this morning, Randy? There he is. Spoke about the kingdom of heaven. And he said that we Christians have all this inheritance, but we hide it. We have these gifts. We have this inheritance, but we hide it. We find a can, we can all that we can, and we hide the can. But the kingdom is within us. We all have these gifts already. It's just a matter of us expressing it. Believe it, accept it, show it, share it. And how does a kingdom happen? When we submit to God and do what he wants us to do. And do you realize that by not following God's guidance, you may actually be keeping uh, someone from receiving a blessing that you're supposed to be setting in motion? Because it's not always about us. It's not always about you. The Lord may be trying to do something, and you're a critical part of that chain. And you, by not doing what you're supposed to be doing, may be hampering someone else's blessing. Oh, they'll get their blessing, no thanks to you, if you don't do what you need to do. Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Do you know what the Lord wants you to be doing? Are you walking the direction he wants you to? I can tell you it becomes easier and easier to ignore the haters and naysayers as you continue to drive on and focus on what God wants you to do. For me, it becomes easier and easier to ignore the haters and naysayers as I keep depositing checks. So. <laughs> In Luke 5, Simon Peter had spent all night fishing without catching a single thing. And Jesus told him to go out a little bit deeper and drop those nets again. 
Simon Peter makes a comment probably underneath his breath, but he said, you know what? All right, I've been fishing all night, haven't caught anything, but since you said, go do this, I'll do that. And lo and behold, the, the, the boats and the nets were so full of fish, the boats began to sink. So even if you have some self-doubt, step out in faith if you feel God is pushing you in a certain direction, if he's guiding you, trying to point you in a certain direction. I had self-doubt about my ability to run, start, and sustain a business. I'm still on that journey. I, have se- I had self-doubt about my qualifications. But I felt so led by God to start down the track that I'm on right now, to step off that track of being a charter pilot and head down the path I'm on now. Now, maybe you're sitting there also thinking, well, John, that's great for you. You know, you're the right guy at the right place at the right time. But how do you know you're not for something in your life if you don't at least try or step out and ask God for some, some, some in-your-face evidence that this is the way you need to be going? How do you know if you don't at least try? Don't be that guy in your 80s, look at yourself in the mirror and, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. The whole idea of looking at someone else's life and journey is to find inspiration and motivation and encouragement and not let the devil twist it and use it as an example of why you are a failure, going to be a failure, and will always be a failure. So that's why I've always believed when I, when I in my early days, someone waving the Bible, thumping fire and brimstone and all that, that wasn't effective to me. What was most effective to me was listening to their life story. And so I share a bit of my journey that I've been on now, not to try to encourage and inspire you again, that God has definitely a plan for each and one of every one of us. And all you have to do is reach out. You have something that young people don't have. You have experience in life from having lived it. You already have what you need. You're already gifted at something, and you just simply have to believe it will work and that you can carry it further. And if you're not aware of what your gifts are, then I strongly encourage you to sit down and take a deep breath and really look at yourself the way God looks at you. Because I guarantee you, each and one of us have something that we could do better than the other guy. You're already equipped. It says here, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is given, then give generously. And if it is to lead, then do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Romans 12, 6 through 8. How do you know you're walking in the direction God wants you to? You know, and a lot of times it isn't anything big. The blessing or the, uh, the favor or even the validation that you're going in the right direction. Sometimes it's just a comment a friend makes at a moment when you really needed to hear something like that. And you may not have realized that's what you needed to hear until you hear it. So oftentimes it might be something like that, something small. Or it might be a Bible verse that for some reason really resonates with you this morning or whenever. that You've read it a half a million times, but for some reason it's really resonating with you now. Or maybe it's you realizing that all these coincidences that are just stacking up is just way too coincidental. It's what I call a God moment. Just like early on when I was leaving the army and I just recognized, I just saw. It could not have been a coincidence that every time I needed to come to Grand Rapids, everything just fell in place. And every time I needed to go to St. Louis, there was a couple more hoops I had to go, go through, starting with the first art. And how many of us have probably missed signs these last few days? If you just open your, if you just slow down, if you just open yourself up, relax, let go, let God, 
look for God's guidance. Be asking for God's guidance. I think you may be stunned at how much God is trying to guide you, but you're sitting there probably making excuses. I've been there. I can look back at several instances in my life as a police officer and stuff like that where I could have done something, didn't, and kind of look back with some regret. How do you know you're walking in the direction God wants you to? I think some major clues, number one, is just an unexplainable deep sense of peace despite common sense. Despite common sense, you have this incredible sense of peace. When everything seems to fall in place, and when you realize, in fact, that you're actually happier and feel more content and have a, a stronger sense of purpose and feeling more satisfied than what you otherwise could be. There is no doubt in my mind I would be absolutely happy if I was a charter pilot. No doubt in my mind. But I have to tell you today that I am that much happier. I have a stronger sense of purpose. I feel a deeper sense of satisfaction and at peace at what I'm doing now. And I still get to use my pilot's license because I've already got to fly my team in around, my team and I around to uh, do some training workshops. Folks, if God can make a businessman out of me or at least start me in that direction, there is no telling what he can do for you and what he has in store for you and what he has planned for you. Are you here where you are right now today in your life because someone else said this is where you should be and you've accepted it and you've just settled for it? Or are you here because this is where you feel led? Here as in your, your career, your lifestyle, whatever it is. Are you here because you've settled for it? Or are you here because this is where you feel like you need to be and you're, you're being led to be? When you start down that path that God's pointing you down, hang in there. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Hebrews 10, 35-36. Guys, you just have to receive it. You just have to believe it.